Hello and welcome to another episode of Engagement Zone, uh, brought to you by the Employee Engagement Awards and Alliance. Um, in England, we're heading into a, a, a long, our last summer bank holiday weekend. Uh, the sun's shining in the south, but I, I believe it's probably a little bit uh, more rainy up in the north where we're where our own view is this morning. Um, so I think what we'll do is we'll get straight to our guest today. Um, uh, his name's Ryan Tamasabi, Director of People Science at Hive HR. Uh, Ryan is one of our top 101 influencers uh, around the world. And he actually spoke at our UK conference this April. So good morning, Ryan. How are you doing? Morning, Matt. Not too bad. Thank you very much. Uh, so what, what's what's new in your world? Oh, just moved into a house, uh, which is always, you know, they say it's what they say it's the most stressful thing um, you can do in life. And I, I'd agree with them uh, now. I mean, I've done it a few times uh, over the past few years as well. But this one has been kind of moving into what you would say is a, maybe like a 10 to 15 year home, at least maybe even a forever home. So it's had right, so wow. much more kind of uh, effort and energy and excitement. Uh, around it um but you know it, it it not everything goes to plan not every delivery comes on time not not everything goes exactly how it, it plans out in your head so it's been a it's been a bit of a manic august um but 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 every a good you know, one. yeah it's been a very good one very exciting one um so, so, so really it, looking forward to the rest of the year now is it feeling like a home already, or is it still a house? Well, no, it's 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 feeling like a home. Like I said, I've never I've never had this mindset kind of going into a place before. But as soon as I got the kids, it's a new build. As soon as I got the keys, we were in kind of painting. Uh, my partner and I and our family just painting all the walls. You know, just really making it feel really nice and warm and homely. All the furniture, pretty much all the furniture's in. We've we've we, every every evening we seem to be doing something like putting the blind up or putting, putting <laughs> the curtain rails up or putting some putting some pictures up. So you know, we've been in since the 29th of July and it's 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 really looking you know um, really nice and comfortable and also uh, you know usually I would complain about the August rain we've been having um, but given that we had some fresh turf laid uh, a few days after getting the keys it's been nice for uh, the heavens to open right throughout August because it's meant I haven't had to stand out in the garden every so often and, and uh, with the hose out or putting the sprinkler on and running up a huge water bill so for, for, for everyone who's been um, feeling upset and disappointed about all the rain over the last month I have to apologize to you all because I've been celebrating every time I've seen the rainfall. <laughs> See, well, you're, you're not helping the, the stereotype of English and, and a lovely wet summer anyways. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, um, so uh, we actually have a webinar also coming up with, with yourself, Ryan. Um, it's entitled, Where Have We Been Going Wrong with Employee Engagement? It's an ex it's expanded version of, of what Ryan spoke about at our conference. Um we we would limit our speakers to, at the conference to twenty minutes, and they don't really like us for that. But we 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 have good cause to do that. So we're going to spend about an hour with Ryan on on the webinar uh, next week. This will then be available for download on this page you're listening to this podcast on our webinar section. We'll be promoting it on social media and also be sending it out through our email newsletter as well. So there'll be many ways to download this and and get some great insights from Ryan. But I was wondering, could you give us a bit of a, a sneak preview about what, what you're talking about on, on this webinar at all? You know, the, the main thrust of it, you know, where have we been going wrong? Absolutely. Well, I think, I guess, coming down to the conference earlier in the year, what I wanted to talk about was this, you know, this idea of, uh, you know, te technology being used by organisations now to um, measure engagement or measure employee experience on a more regular basis. So, 
organizations perhaps starting to shift away from the annual engagement survey. And that's only that's only some organizations. Many organizations still do look at using something like an annual engagement survey uh, as a way of, uh, of understanding how employees are experiencing working there and what their perceptions are of things such as reward and recognition and pay and benefits and communications and leadership and all, all that kind of stuff. And, and actually, you know, when, when we have a look at kind of state of the nation pieces and not just in the UK, but globally as well uh, around engagement, what we can see is that for all of the effort, for all of the money and resource and uh, time that's gone into understanding engagement, understanding how to drive engagement, you know, what levers we can pull to improve it and how to measure it across our uh, organizations, we're not really seeing engagement improve. I think it's fair to say, you know, we're still seeing that, you know, two thirds of the of the workforce are, are not particularly engaged, certainly not actively engaged. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not the case that or, uh, engagement hasn't been on on the HR um, agenda. And, and, you know, there is a, is a sneak preview to use your phrase is probably one of the big reasons why it shouldn't be an HR initiative. It's a business wide initiative. It shouldn't be a, an engagement strategy which sit, sits outside of, of, a, of a bigger um, business strategy. And, and, and that's the challenge. One of the big challenges I, I think we have to address. And, you know, where I was starting to come in and talk at the um, at the conference and I'll be exploring in the webinar is that these new technologies which enable a different approach to measuring engagement in the workplace, that is not going to be the solution. Technology alone is not going to change the culture. And so what yeah. I'll be exploring in the webinar is what these cultural challenges are, what these mindset shifts are that are, you know, we need to address, we need to challenge in order to enable the technology to fulfill its potential, in order to give organizations the opportunity to improve work um, make work a better place to be and obviously improve, you know, by doing that, improve um, business performance. Um, and that, that's what I really want to explore. And as I as come back to, one of those big challenges is that we need senior leaders, so right, right from top floor to shop floor, we need everyone inside an organization to understand why the employee experience is absolutely fundamental to that business and that business's performance and that business's future. And understanding that what that means for them, what that means in terms of what's required from them in terms of their behavior. And only when you do that, are you going to be able to, you know, uh, you're going to be able to kind of measure engagement and improve engagement and experience in the right way, because it needs to have everyone bought into it and everyone supporting it. Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree. And uh, this was our, our top rated, um, Ryan was our top rated speaker in April. Um, and you can see why we're, it's the first time we're doing an expanded speaking slot into a webinar because of this. So, um, really looking forward to delving into that more. I'm, I'm uh, chomping at the bit. I'm trying to not ask follow up questions there because uh, it's a great topic. So, definitely check out our webinar next week and, and download it on our website. So, I think to, to, to really make it kind of really simple, um, and to, you know, when you're talking about anything like cultural change, it's absolutely huge. Um, and, you know, it's scary. And potentially that's even one challenge as well when it comes to improving something like engagement and that it's, it's hard to make it feel kind of um kind of easy to digest or easy to understand yeah, or break it down into steps for a line manager or a leader or an employee yeah. but specifically when we're talking about this in terms of you know where we're going wrong with engagement and what we look at in the webinar we're going to look at kind of what what i've identified as being kind of real three key areas where we've been going wrong 
and, yeah. and go into those in a little bit more detail and then kind of wrap up the session by looking at, well, okay, what can we do about this moving forward to make sure that any future efforts are actually going to be impactful? Because I can guarantee that any one of, of, of your listeners that's um, been involved with an engagement survey previously will have had their frustrations. They'll have felt like they've spent a lot of their time as a practitioner um, trying to support that, trying to work on improving engagement. And absolutely, yeah. what we want is any any more effort moving forward to actually have impact um, for the people that are, that, that represent uh, that are working in the business that that practitioner represents. So that's what we want to look at. We want to make it really kind of practical as well and start to have a look at, okay, how do we take this forward? Yeah, well, absolutely. And sometimes when people are tasked with this, it's basically another word for total business transformation. <laughs> because yeah. there's a toxic culture. There you go. Just just go do that. So, okay. Um, so yeah, absolutely. It sometimes just seems like it's in, un, un, insurmountable. So yeah, looking forward to you helping, giving us advice on on how we can go about breaking it down and, and three areas we can focus on. So um, yeah, like I say, just want to talk about it now but we'll we'll hold keep our powder dry so to speak um how did you actually find yourself doing what you're doing then um where's you know where's the passion where's it where's it come from what what, what have you done in the past uh well that's a good question i guess um th- th- this I, i'll need to qualify this statement but so bear <laughs> with me but it probably from working in my family business from quite a young age so what i mean by that is uh, family family businesses, um, restaurants up in up in the northeast, really really successful ones, um, and I kind of went in and, and helped out from from quite a young age and, and worked there, you know, in, in an increasing, uh, in, increasingly full time and um, uh, capacity and with more responsibility as I got older and kind of um, working alongside my my family to kind of run that business and make it successful and and actually, um, you know, whilst from a financial perspective and you know. Um, kind of that kind of security and, and being able to have have things and, and go on nice holidays and things like that at a younger age yeah great but actually that's that sense of fulfillment and reward from what I was actually doing on a day-to-day basis which wasn't there so I, I'm, I'm doing a job which you know I was around customers and around people and as an extrovert that that's always something that I enjoy so I was building great relationships with people I like the people that, that that worked there and that I was working with and obviously working uh, so close pretty much every day to, to my brother, who's like a best friend. Yep, great. Um, and I was doing okay of it financially, great. But it's just something massively missing. And it does make you think, that, doesn't it, about what people need from work to yeah. feel like they enjoy it and to feel, feel fulfilled. And, and as, I was, as I was doing that, I also, um, as I was working in the restaurant, I was also studying um, at Northumbria University um, doing psychology, which was the only thing I, I really enjoyed uh, doing at, at school. Um, uh, well, not the only, the only academic thing I enjoyed doing at, doing at school. If I had my time again, I'd go back and do psychology. I'm, yeah. I could still do it, obviously, but I was never a great academic back then. But I just I know that that's something I would have really loved. And I did history and politics at uni, and I wish I'd done psychology. I really do. So, Yeah, and I did it, I, I did it at um, um, undergraduate level, and then I, I did the MSc in, in occupational psychology. And... Uh, you know, I was just so keen to um, get into that world and to, and, and uh, you know, obviously doing the master's in occupational psychology, I was really interested in this idea of the future of work and how to make work better. And, you know, at, at that age, it was a very, this very simple idea of, you know, we all spend the majority of our times at work. So why wouldn't we as a society want it to be enjoyable? 
You know, yeah. why wouldn't we care so much about one another that we would want everyone to have good experiences at work? Um, and so, you know, that was what where, where the initial kind of passion started. And, and it was actually through through going down to Manchester, working for an organization called Robertson Cooper, um, which is Sir Kerry Cooper's um, consultancy, uh, going and working there and, and kind of really cutting my teeth in this in this world, really, and partic- particularly looking at health and well-being and um, how it kind of, you know, change the way in which organizations look after the, the well-being of their people uh, and obviously that just kind of you know um, reinforced and, and even grew that kind of passion and that that kind of desire in me to uh, to look at things like organizational culture and, and employee experience and just generally making people get what they deserve from work and that is reward fulfillment enjoyment and you know really positive experiences so is it that initial question I guess you ask yourself when you were doing your masters. Um, you know, why shouldn't we, as a society, create workplaces that people enjoy working at um, and, and perform at? So I suppose that will that be a constant driver for the, for the foreseeable future for you, or it seems like a really good driver for most people, to be honest, in, in the positions with they're in. Yeah, absolutely. Fascinated by, you know, lots of different things relating to work, you know, technology is obviously one which is very relevant and and very relevant to, you know, the, the, the role that I'm working in at the moment, because technology is something which is a massive opportunity as i mentioned for supporting organizations to to be better and to um to, to yes be yes be more productive but also to um you know improve that employee experience but also um it's there's there's a lot of potential uh risks associated with it as well so you know i'm, I'm one of those that often thinks about you know you know technology enabling kind of communication across kind of dispersed workforces and bringing people together through video conferencing and and different technologies but actually that kind of face-to-face connection that that humans have and that is something which is very special between um, humans is something that you would never want to risk losing Um, so it's little things like that that I'm always kind of you know interested in reading more about and understanding you know how can we yes help people to work more flexibly and help organizations to, to to be more flexible and to utilize the potential of technologies. But how do we also avoid the potential risks that, that are associated with those? Um, uh, you know, because the, absolutely, you know, we're very social beings, you know, we feed off the energy of one another, you know, we want to be around other people. Um, and so absolutely, I'm always thinking about different things, ways in which the organizations are changing and wondering what that's actually going to mean. Um, for the people who work there so not to put you on the spot uh, at all um, and apologies if I am but uh, we, I, we have a remote workforce uh, the awards and the alliance uh, but like you say it's hard to substitute the face-to-face um, yeah. and, and we're actually having a, a great big uh, all-day session tomorrow and we're gonna you know have lots of great ideas and lunch and drinks and and everything and, and, and we'll all come away from that buzzing but then we'll back into the, rem- the remote remote world how 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 do we solve that that substitution of of you know face to face in 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 some organisations where it just will never happen? Um, you won't you won't get it. <laughs> it's really it's yeah it's it's really diff, it is really really difficult and and uh, you have to look for ways to try and do it. Uh, and and if you can't if you fundamentally can't do it, you have to look and consider what what the other opportunities are. Because yeah. I I think for someone working remotely to have one 
to have one kind of call, you know, once once a week to just our, how you're getting on. It's that, that those individuals are going to feel isolated. So, you know, how how often would you see sitting in an office environment, someone just lean over and kind of ask a question to someone else in the room, or you'll see a couple of people get out and, and go for a coffee break or go for lunch. And if you've got yeah. kind of remote workers, particularly people who are, are kind of working on their own, kind of what 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 how can you understand kind of what they're doing throughout the day? And I don't mean that in terms of kind of watching their performance, monitoring them in any way, but, you know, how, how can you ensure that they're not working t- t- too long or, you know, then they're not taking enough time to kind of rest and recover, that they're getting all the support that they need. How, what are their channels like in to be able to ask for support and kind of reach out? And, you know, at Hive, we use Slack quite a lot because I travel a fair bit. My team travel a fair bit. The sales guys yeah. travel a fair bit. Our developers are probably the most, um, uh, kind of stationary in terms of they're usually at HQ. Um, our customer success team are, are there quite often, but they're also out quite a bit. Um, so we have people who are up and down and some some people who are in the office together more frequently. But what we've really done is we utilized um, technologies like Slack to make sure that we are we are feeling a part of it still when we're away and we've got kind of designated channels to be able to kind of reach the right people that you need or to ask a question in the right area where yeah. someone's going to be able to pick up on it and give you that support but particularly with my team you know we just take every opportunity we can get to uh, jump on the phone to one another and uh, and have a chat and get whenever we are uh, together in the office to just get out and go and have a coffee and 90 percent of that conversation will be about personal stuff and and how we're all how we're all doing and, and what's going on in our personal lives and then we'll have a a, a 10 15 minute chat um to 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 look at you know what's happening in the team and in the business at the moment and what's feeling good and and what what's perhaps not feeling so good and it, it is just about trying to check in as as often as you possibly can um but it is very difficult and i think organizations need to not look for reasons to substitute the face to face if it seems like the easiest thing to do mm. i think the starting point needs to be how can we get that face to face communication and that face to face time in there um, and then have a look at other ways to kind of support it um, around that. But the starting point shouldn't be how can we make this more efficient by using technology so that we don't need to rely on face-to-face time together. I think it should be the other way around. How can we make sure that we get a, bare, a minimum amount of time where we are together with our team, with our um, our colleagues, our peers, but then also how can we introduce technologies and other ways to kind of support it around that? Yeah, um, like and and that, uh, using technology to create efficiencies that enable you to have more face-to-face time. <laughs> you know, you, yeah, you, exactly. Um, yeah, so, exactly. so last question, um, Just and you can choose which one. What's What do you think is the biggest challenge or opportunity that currently exists looking, looking, to, looking forward? For me, the biggest challenge, I think, is changing expectations of what work should feel like, at a, at a, and particularly at a senior leadership level. Um, I think that's a big challenge. And, and I'm, I'm, of course, I'm going to naturally lean towards challenges that I see organizations I'm working with facing, yeah. um, particularly those that are looking at trying to change culture. They're trying to improve employee experience. And um, I'm aware I've used the terms engagement and experience kind of uh, um, kind of quite freely and, and, and interchangeably uh, during this conversation. And, and of course, I'll pick up more on that in the webinar. But what we're talking about is day-to-day experience and create better experiences for people because we're all having experiences inside of work and outside of work on a day-to-day basis. And we always have thoughts and feedback on what those experiences are. 
and we need to understand how people are experiencing work. Um, and 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 if we do that, if we get that right, if we create good experiences, then engagement is going to be an output of that. Engagement's going to to, to come naturally. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that we know all the benefits that that's going to offer to the individual and the organisation. But we need to stop just thinking, oh, engagement is going to make us more profitable as a business. Let's ask people if they're engaged. We need to move away from that and get under the skin of culture and really understand. Yeah behavior and what's actually driving people and what mo- what's motivating people and what's creating those great experiences yeah. for me that's that, 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 there's a shift in mindset required to really um get everyone on board with that and to understand what they need to do and the mindset's there they don't think of customers like that they don't go are you engaged they think about how they can improve the customer experience to get them loving the company more and buy more and um, recommend more so the, the mindset's there 100 <laughs> percent. organizations in the u.s there's a ted talk uh that i listen to and that your organizations in the US are typically spending 1,000 times more in terms of money and effort into understanding the customer yeah. experience than they are the employee experience when the two are obviously so intrinsically linked. Yeah. So I've got a I've got a, a feeling as to as to why that is. Um, and but 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 and and with, I, I don't mean it to sound overly controversial, but I honestly do believe that that's because the, the money comes in through the customer and 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 employees are still seen as an overhead and an expenditure for businesses. So of course you look at them in very different ways, but if you actually look at your people and consider them as being at the absolute heart of the business, they are the ones which make your business successful. They are the ones which bring the customers to the business and bring the customers back to the business. I think you need to we need to start really challenging that um, that mindset because it is ingrained. It is there. And, you know, that first question, and yeah, absolutely, we will always need to answer the question, but we need to start doing it more effectively through data. So I guess I'm kind of answering both of your questions. I think the challenge is there that there's still a mindset shift required. What the opportunity is now, I think, is that through technologies and through better people analytics, we've got a, a better opportunity now than ever to really show irrefutable evidence to senior leaders that the experience of their people is driving customer experience and customer behavior and it's driving the bottom line and some of those real kind of performance metrics that leaders are used to having to look at so turn employee turnover sickness absence and all of those other things we've got an opportunity now to really show them the impact and the influence and how important the employee experience is and we need to jump on that opportunity otherwise you know i think a few years down the line this idea of employee experience this idea of pulse serving this idea of continuous employee feedback it'll it'll, it'll, it'll run the risk of becoming a another kind of fad in the hr space like engagement and, t- and terms it is it is about driving business and that's what that's what will get the attention and maybe e- somehow equal out against the th- thousand times spend on customer rather than employee but maybe it's time to drop drop the words employee and customer in front of experience you know what's what's the experience that we're delivering in this business uh, and then it might be to different audiences but what's the experience um exactly and that's what life's that's what life is all about life is all about experiences and i i honestly might i even think we will start to have asked the same questions about the word engagement because i think employee engagement is in terms of what it means yeah. is really important but i actually think we've almost spoiled the language in terms of the, the terminology and that people think about it now is or certainly employees it's, it's kind of like oh the organization wants to know if i'm motivated to do more than what is required of me and it's we, we've started to um, I think we've started to kind of create this dis- disengagement with that terminology. It, it, it's, it's not about words, is it? It's about, it's, it's about it's about the actual getting getting on and doing it. How do we improve people's experiences? How do we help them perform better? Absolutely. So you know, you know, it's it's not about a term. 
Uh, and if, if it is about a term or moving a needle 2%, then uh, then you're doing the wrong thing. Uh, so, No, absolutely. And I think um, uh, certainly not hinting at you to change the name of, of, <laughs> of, your, of your awards yeah. or your conference or anything like that. I think I mean internally in terms of how we talk about it, you know, this idea of are we doing another employee engagement survey? I think employees now are thinking, oh, God, you know, here's another one, an annual survey. You didn't do anything with the with the data the last time around. Well, that's that's the main issue there. If you don't do anything with it, you know. Exactly. So moving forward uh, in terms of, you know, changing the language a little bit, I think, you know, again, it's little things like that. And they might seem like really tiny factors. But I think, you know, we obviously know how important employee engagement is. And it's not about the terminology. But I think sometimes internally in terms of how we communicate it, I think we would we would realize some benefits of talking to people across the organization more about experience and the kind of that day-to-day experience and how people are feeling at work rather than it feeling like, okay, you know, we're going to ask you how engaged you are kind of every, every, every so often. Perfect. Well, we've, uh, we, we always try and keep these for about 15 to 20 minutes. We're at 25 minutes and we've got a webinar to come. So there's plenty of Ryan, plenty of Ryan to come. Uh, like always, I could talk for hours on, on this, on this stuff. Um, uh, and I just want to say thank you very much for you know s- spending uh, part of your morning with us and sharing your views. And you can learn lots more from Ryan um, on our webinar. Uh, we'll be publishing that on the website and through all our social media chan- channels, as I said. Um, our entry deadline in the UK and Europe is October the 9th. We have our conference in Johannesburg um, 17th and 18th of September this year. So if you're in that part of the world, please come along and and learn from from your peers and we'll be opening for entries later in the year in north america and australia so thanks ryan thank you very much i hope hope you have fun thanks man i really really appreciate you uh you having me it's it's been good to chat to you pleasure and um we'll speak to you soon and thanks very much for listening to this latest episode of the engagement zone take care everybody bye-bye